What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, July 9th, 2019. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by... Well, here's the thing. Normally, we have you on Widow Wednesday, but today, we have you for Twitch Superstar Tuesday. Get right. Right. Widow, ladies and gentlemen. Put it, put it up there. Woo. That's right. I see you with that blue check on Instagram. Verified on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Tw uh, partnered with Discord, mm -hmm. whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, number one streamer on Twitch. Woo. Surely is the next thing to oh, happen. Man, oh, it's coming soon. It's all soon. happening, my friend. It's coming soon. I it's, see the glasses. No too. photographs, all please. The, there's all the paparazzi. The flash, right, there's please. so much flashes. I'm please, blinded. Just, please right respect now. my privacy. Wow. wow. The flash bulbs are going off. <laughs> how, um, how is the streaming going? It's again? going great. I'm actually wearing the, these. are actually, I don't know if you recognize them. These are actually the Denzel Washington Book of Eli shades wow. that I'm wearing right now. Wow. And I'm wearing these because uh, tonight is the big Book of Eli uh, live commentary stream that I've been okay. preparing for the last couple of weeks. So wait, what's that going to look like? So what it's going to look like is um, it's going to look it's gonna look partly like my face, mm -hmm. which, you know, I can only apologize for. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, a the script is going to be up on the screen and then there'll be a little timer on the screen so people can stay synced up with them. We're not we're not actually streaming the okay, movie on okay. Twitch because you know copyright and all that. We don't own it. I didn't know if you get any special rights. No, I don't get I, fucking I, I don't get any special treatment. But um but because the, the whole point of this is because the movie's now on Netflix, pr pretty much anyone can access mm -hmm. it. So we'll all kind of press play. I'll go one two three go. We'll all press play together. I love it. And then as the movie's playing on whatever screen you have you'll have this companion stream up. Mm -hmm. They'll have me kind of doing a live kind of DVD commentary and also kind of, you know, as, as whatever's happening on the screen on your movie, you'll see the relevant script page because the script will kind of move with, with time uh, with the movie. So it'll be like a script to, script to screen comparison, direct to commentary. I'll take questions from the chat. We'll have fun. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Doors open 6 p.m. Movie starts 6.30 p.m. Love it, love it, it. I'm telling you, it's you all, got it, man. It's all you got happening. It here. Can Twitch partnership, surely. Surely is can it can it be far behind? So twitch.tv slash Gary Witter. Twitch.tv slash Gary Witter. Wow. That's where is you're the place to be. be. That's where, That's where you want to be. If we'll this see, is a we'll success, see you tonight. will you do other movies? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see how this one goes. We're actually gonna be promoted on the Twitch front page. Wow. We're on the Twitch front page. I mean, you're doing something pretty cool. Making moves. Very exciting. Love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We get together, talk about all of the video game news that you need to know. Uh, if you want to watch it not live, that's cool too. You can watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or on roosterteeth.com. If you want to just listen to us like so many of you do, we appreciate that. Just search for Kind of Funny Games Daily on your favorite podcast service, including Spotify. Thank you very much for all that. If you want the show added free you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and you can get that there we love giving you options right gary you can get you can get the show on spotify mm -hmm. that's amazing oh yeah, oh, yeah. you're oh, everywhere yeah. i know it's i crazy. love it there's no everywhere, there's no escaping the kind of funny all of phenomenon. our shows are everywhere with the exception of we have cool friends it's still not on spotify we're working on that but okay there is a new we have cool friends out uh came out yesterday it is with brian w foster yeah, I watched some of that from critical role excellent episode greg miller is very proud of it you guys should go check it out that show definitely needs some more love right now um another piece of content up right now for some housekeeping uh, my birthday roast is up in full on youtube.com slash kind of funny. We're all very proud of it. Um, no one goes easy on me. Uh, not even Jared Oh, they Jared were rough. How, they did, all, how, did, you, how yeah. did you, I always feel like roasts, roasts is often the most difficult kind of comedy because mm -hmm. you've got to go hard, but you don't actually want to hurt anyone's feelings. Exactly. It's the type of thing, you, you know me. 
It's like, right. I, I understand what type of a jackass I am. You, you got to be in on the joke or else you are like, like yeah. actually an asshole. How did it feel there you sitting know? in that stool taking all that abuse? It was the best. <laughs> it was the absolute <laughs> best. You can see the joy in my face. Go to youtube.com slash kind of funny to check that out. And as uh, I said to you before the show, we were just talking. Andy Cortez, who knew? Comedy superstar. Oh, man. What many people knew. Many, I didn't many, know. Yeah, I knew like, he was a talented man. I knew oh, he could play dude. the guitar. You need to see him do his stand up when he when I'm, he does. He killed it. It's freaking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Andy really Cortez good. is a man among men. Um, thank you to our Patreon producers, Colton Yoder, Blackjack, and Muhammad Muhammad. Today, we're brought to you by Hims, but we will tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We got five stories today. A baker's dozen. Thank you for that, Barrett. Um, Cuphead yeah. is getting a Netflix show. Did not see this one coming. This is pretty cool. Um, this comes straight from Studio MDHR. Uh, coming to you in full color and cine sound, it's The Cuphead Show. Witness the wondrous Inkwell Isles as you've never seen them before in an original series inspired by classic animation styles of the 1930s. It's now in production by the talented team at Netflix Animation. Um, Ryan McCaffrey over at IGN has a little more info here. It will also be hand-drawn, though not entirely to paper this time, and not by Studio MDHR themselves, but instead by Netflix's own in-house animation studio. Quote, we're not going to be animating this ourselves because it would never be finished, Cuphead co-creator and all-around great guy Chad Moldenhauer told IGN with a laugh during a phone interview. The current goal is to stay as far away from computer-assisted puppeteer animation as possible, he added. The idea will still be that every frame is hand-drawn, but probably not on paper. It's going to be hand-drawn, but digitally. Tradigital. Tradigital. I like that. Tradigital. Wow. Word of the day, everybody. I really appreciate that. Um, Though Cuphead co-creator Jared Moldenhauer told IGN that the show is still in the beginning processes and as such has no release date as of yet, we do know that the Cuphead show will follow Cuphead and Mugman in a in comedic adventures across Inkwell Isle. The press release describes it as such. The character-driven comedy follows the unique misadventures of the impulsive Cuphead and his cautious but easily swayed brother, Mugman. Through their many misadventures across the surreal home of Inkwell Islands, they always got one another's backs. We asked the Moldenhauer brothers to elaborate on the style of comedy they're aiming for, and Chad said it's safe for kids, but written so there are also things that adults find funny and appeals to a wider audience. It's not a toddler show or a little kid's cartoon. It's safe to say that the showrunners are aiming for the same kind of vibe that the game hints at. They'll be taking that idea and expanding it. Barrett, can you bring up the image so people can see? Yeah, just give me a second. There you go. So this there is all that, is. that was shown here. We got a Netflix original series, The Cuphead Show, coming to Netflix, also starring Mugman. You got to love it. Um, I would say that it, it's a similar style to the game, but it is quite different here. Like Mugman, it looks, it's, looks pretty pretty similar to it's me. SpongeBobified. It is, yeah, there's there's definitely a SpongeBob element. You can see kind of in the cheeks. There's a lot yeah. more a lot more going on, mm. um, and the, even the use of colors. I'm here. It looks different than the than the game, but I kind of like that. Let's yeah, have a I'm into it. A different take on it, Gary. You said you had some hot news, some breaking news. Oh shit! That has not ever been heard before. <laughs> what is it? No, I mean it's not. You know, I, that, by the way, you you took what I told you and just overhyped that massively. <laughs> I overhyped something. What? Tim no. Getty's the master, the master no. of hype. Um, no, also I have a friend who works in animation. Her name's Chris Nee, mm-hmm. uh, and she created the show uh, Doc McStuffins. 
on uh, you know Disney and okay. uh, the Vampirina. She did a bunch of stuff at Disney and became a, like a top kids animator. And now she has a big deal at Netflix. And uh, and when this was announced, she just happened to tweet out today. Follow her on Twitter, Chris Dockney. She's cool. Um, that her office is actually right down the hall from the the guys that are animating the show. So she she goes past there and like sees glimpses of, like what they've got up on the walls. It looks amazing. Yeah. So they, 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 that's that's all I've got is that uh, you know someone I know has seen some shit on some walls yeah. and said it looked pretty good. And there's your b- 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 breaking, there's your breaking news. There's your boom hype. <laughs> Someone I know saw some shit, saw on, some shit on a wall and said, and it, said it looked pretty, pretty, good. pretty good. Oh, Gary, pretty fucking good. I love you so much. <laughs> uh, does this excite you at all, though? A little bit. I've got, I've, I've got to be completely honest with you. That style, I, 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 I totally. There are certain pieces, there are certain films and certain games and things like that, that I admire more than I enjoy, mm-hmm. and I admire Cuphead more than I enjoyed it. Mm. I, 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 it's it, it, not not really my kind of game. I really, really admired how they captured that that kind of feel, that that feel of kind of that lost era of animation of the nineteen thirties. Um, it's not it's that style of animation is not particularly my my cup of tea. Mm. Uh, but I think that I think that you know as an exercise in recreating that style of animation, they did it flawlessly. I mean, it really does look like they found some old cartoon from the 1930s and just color- colorized it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it looks absolutely authentic to the period, and that's amazing. My guess is why you're seeing uh, the slight change in just that piece of promo, right? so they SpongeBobbed it a little bit, is I feel like they probably made the decision that creatively, artistically, um, they wanted to just take the edge off. the Because I feel like that style of animation, like my kid wouldn't like that. The Cuphead, mm. she's seven years old. The Cuphead animation, I think she would probably find like too scary or too weird. Mm. This is the way the characters will kind of like weirdly vibrate and stuff like that. Like that was that was that was how it was done back in the day. But I think to kids today, that for for certain aspects of the audience, that could be off putting. So I think what you'll see with Netflix is you'll rec- it'll be recognizably Cuphead, but they'll have taken just a little bit of the edge off it. That's that's my guess. Yeah, I am really excited about this Cuphead. As you guys all know, definitely my type of game. Absolutely loved it. Growing up, I loved this animation style. You did? My, yeah, I did. And my brother in particular really loved it. Like, he loves the weird, spooky, like, the skeletons dancing oh, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. shit. And uh, when we first saw this game years ago at GDC, I was just like, and everyone that saw it was just like, how is this a game? Like, how is this real? And the fact is, we've now played it, and it's consistent throughout the whole thing. Um, I love the idea that Cuphead could become bigger than just this fairly small indie title, you know, that can now like get out to the masses. Well, this, and become, is a, this is a become, big step. This is a huge step. And I feel like this could get more money, which allows bigger budget, which allows more games. Like all of this is good news for Cuphead fans. Yeah. Plenty of people who have never heard of Cuphead will watch the show, discover the game, maybe go play the game. Yeah. So that's all, all really cool. I think that the Cuphead world could suit itself well to this type of animated show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like, we know so little about the bosses and the characters, but like, even with the weird little cutscenes that they had, like they really did a good job of like making you really hate Mr. Dice, like the dice man <laughs> and like all that stuff. Like they, they did a great job with all that stuff. His song. It Is there a the Cuphead two in the works? There's DLC. Okay. Yeah. There's a, the delicious last course. I think it was called. I'll that up. Um, it's coming out. They they just last week said that it's going to be 2020. Yeah, the delicious last course. Um, so it's very very exciting for me. Um, and you're, and it's on. Correct me if I'm wrong. Debuted on Xbox. Yep. Now it's on Switch. Mm-hmm. And PlayStation no, still no, waiting. No PlayStation. There's not going to be a PlayStation version. I I doubt it uh, because of weird licensing stuff. Because okay. at the end of the day, it is a Microsoft. Right, like, right, right. Funded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, um, but I think this is really cool, um, and I didn't expect this at all. But no. congrats to the guys, man. Studio MDHR. Like when you when you do 
really good work and work really hard, like good things. Can you happen. imagine like being uh, being in the office the day they get that call? Hey, Netflix wants to make an animated make a cartoon show. out of your character. Huge, it's like dude. Next step, Smash Brothers. And Netflix and Netflix animation is doing great work. One of my uh, one of our family's favorite shows uh, on Netflix is a show called Hilda, which mm-hmm. is an animated show that they make comes out of that same division. Brilliant. Mm. Go check out Hilda, and yeah. that'll make you excited about Cuphead because it's the same studio. Hell yeah, man! There you go. Getting that inside knowledge from, oh, yeah. from straight from yeah, the Yeah, my walls. inside knowledge was reading a tweet that was publicly available to everyone. <laughs> I love it, man. All right, next news story. Sean Murray says that Anthem and Fallout 76 devs should stay quiet. This comes from Alex Avard at GamesIndustry.biz. Speaking on No Man's Sky during his keynote panel at this year's de- develop conference in Brighton, Brighton, you got Brighton, it. UK. Murray explained how Hello Games turned things around for its seemingly sinking ship, mainly by focusing on post-launch development rather than getting itself into any deeper hot water with more false promises. "Quote: We went about two years without talking to press at all," says Murray, "and we went about three months without saying anything to the community either. That was really hard. I sat down so many times and wrote the perfect blog post that was going to explain everything about the game's development and the roadmap going ahead, but I could see that it didn't hold credibility with." regards to where we were at there have been a number of games that have since come out uh, that had a polarizing launch and that explosive mix of loads of people playing it but also promises and i can see ea microsoft or bethesda try to placate players by just talking to them but for right or wrong it just doesn't really work you see this all the time when a big publisher will talk to the community and try to solve the problem and then get embroiled taking up more and more of its headspace solve the problem or sorry and interestingly Anthem's community has been getting increasingly aggravated with bioware's lack of communication on the game's future but murray's world wary comments perhaps suggest this is for the best allowing the studio to get on with the hard work of making the game it was meant to be without getting distracted with maintaining face. Quote, talking about features when a game's already out isn't that credible or interesting. He later tells Games Radar in a follow-up interview, your actions are so much more important than what you say. What do you think, Gary? I think this is an interesting story. I think No Man's Sky has been a really interesting story. One of the more interesting turnarounds in video game history. I'm sure you remember in mm-hmm. the build-up to No Man's Sky, the problem was, if anything, they were over-communicating, mm-hmm. over-promising, a trillion, quadrillion planets, and you'll be able to go, you know, any, any time, that I've been hearing that for years, you know, Peter Molyneux, you, you, we can go back to Peter Molyneux and go back to the 8-bit days of people saying, it's, this game is going to change your life and cure cancer and, you know, you'll be able to play it forever. And it, those games rarely deliver on that promise. Yeah. You, if you over-promise, you've got to over-deliver. And it's, re- it's rare for developers to do both so No Man's Sky if No Man's Sky had come out with less hype I think it would have been better accepted when it first came out because they over promised so massively they had too many E3s I think yeah. really I think they had too many E3s and too much like priority placement at PlayStation shows right you know it's like that, right. that's really kind of saying something and, and putting the game on a pedestal and then they got themselves into all these problems where the, 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 the thing always happens where you know it shows up on the internet where someone puts up the screen that was shown that was promised and then what it actually looked like um, you know, I remember there was a famous video of this of like all this amazing No Man's Sky stuff and it cut to what the game actually looked like at launch and the theme tuned for it that someone had put on it and it was very funny. <laughs> Do you remember this, Barrett? <laughs> was, yeah, it was, the, it, was the, it was the theme music from Jurassic Park but played on a sad little kid's trumpet yeah. and it was like, it was, it was, it was, it was great comedy. Yeah, Kudos yeah, yeah. to whoever put that together. Um, but, then, but then what's interesting about it is the first, so the first part of it was over-promise, under-deliver, mm-hmm. right? And then they went into phase two which is under-promise, over deliver they the pendulum swung the entire other way yeah. and that worked out much better no man's sky the new version years later though yeah, yeah that's true later. but eventually I, I i still i still admire what they did they 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 brought it back they saved it they refused 
to quit. They didn't let all the negative reaction get to them. They said, let's go dark, shut down, and let's do what we should have done in the first place, which is just focus on getting this right. Let's get it right. And it took them two tries, mm-hmm. but they got it right. And, you know, the Redditors put that nice little thank you outside their... Um, did you see that? Yeah. They, they paid to yeah, put yeah, up a yeah. billboard outside their offices, and they, won, and they won the community back. So good for them. My question to you, Tim, is... Do you think they're right? As, as, as yeah, what, what do you what do you like? As if you if you were a frustrated anthem gamer right now, mm-hmm. or a Fallout seventy six game, would you rather see more communication or less? I really do think it's a case by case contextual thing. I think that like what I was saying, like Hello Games had such an interesting place where they they were funded by PlayStation for so long, like they were being pushed by PlayStation, and that meant that they needed to hit certain deadlines and they totally fucked that up. Right. So then kind of just going silent after that, that looked like defeat. Yeah. You know, for them to come back later, that's a great story and that's awesome and like good for them, you know, because at the end of the day, like the, the famous Miyamoto quote, right? Like uh, a, a, bad, a bad game is bad forever, but a late game is only late for as long as it's exactly. late. Exactly. It's like, so this. But the I thing is, like people this, don't think that's true anymore because you know, now you can patch a bad game. So and, people don't think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, this is a perfect example of just like where we're at in 2019 of video games can change and adapt. And at some point, like No Man's Sky Beyond came out and like there was a community of people that really rallied behind it and countless articles of people being like whoa this game really turned around right but like that doesn't change the fact that there were even more articles in 2015 or 16 or whenever that was that were just ripping it apart you know like that happened and that affects all of these developers and all their lives and everything and all the gamers that were disappointed with what they were not getting what they were promised right right and now we're seeing this years later and I, I just feel like as time goes on people need other devs and publishers need to learn from the mistakes of others. And that's why when we see Fallout 76 launch the way that it did, like that is completely, completely unacceptable. This is Bethesda we're talking about. This is Bethesda, like Todd Howard came out on stage hyping up yeah. Fallout 76 at E3. Yeah. And that game was released. The ring, I mean, the, I mean one, of the, one of the great communicators. Yes. Right? One of the great, one of the great, you know, people People always loved Todd. I mean, until recently, always loved Todd when he came out on stage. Mm-hmm. And that game was released months later. And now we're hearing that they knew it wasn't going to be where it needed to be and whatever. It's like, that's not, not that's not cool. That is communicating in, in the worst way possible. And in that way, I totally understand what Sean Murray's saying. Because now at um, E3 this year, we had to see them come out and kind of be like, make a bunch of promises for how they're going to fix Fallout 76. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of just feels like a weird damned if they do, damned if they don't, yeah, right? If yeah. they don't say anything, people will be like, wow, they really didn't say anything, a la Anthem at EA Play, even though there wasn't a great place for them to talk about it, but them not being there is ridiculous, right? But at the same time, I, I just feel like we're talking about some of the biggest publishers in the world. Yeah. And EA, when, when, you, when you're looking at EA, when you're looking at Anthem and how their launch went and how their post launch content is still a disaster and still not hitting the mark. And then they're just kind of totally radio silent. It's like, that's, that's not good. I feel like there is somewhere in between where it's like, you need to communicate. You need to say where you're at. You need to apologize you know, but you also don't need to like give people every single step along the way or else people kind of just, yeah, I, th- I think you're you, focusing I, too much on the uh, communication. I mean, versus I mean the listen, I, I do, I do think you have to, uh, to put some weight behind what Sean says because he's lived this advice, right? He's done yeah. it. He, he they, again, one of the great, one of the great turnaround. The game was savaged on release. Mm-hmm. They went dark and they saved it. If you, the, the, there was a big redemption narrative. In no Man's So this, the, the, it works for Sean. He said, go quiet, go dark. 
and come back and surprise everyone. I don't know, given that with because it's EA, because it's Bioware, because it's Anthem, and there's so much press scrutiny, I don't know if they have the luxury of going dark. I feel like they worry that if they were to just completely go dark and people had no expectation of what was coming, they would just give up on the game and go somewhere else, and they, and they could lose the few players they, they still... Uh, have left Mm -hmm. so I do think you have to communicate and the last I heard out of Anthem was didn't they didn't they say they were going to be taking um, uh, they were going to be taking a course similar to what Sean is now advising which is we're going to we're going to we're going to be communicating less we're going to be promising less Mm -hmm. let's just deliver the stuff like you'll you'll know about a new feature in the game when it's actually shipped and ready to go but we're not going to make we're not going to keep writing checks that we can't cash because that's been the problem all along yeah it, things like this just get very complicated because I feel there's the community of people that potentially would have played the game when it first came out, right? The people that were interested in the game. Then it comes out and it's flawed and you lose a giant chunk that were interested and they're like, hey, we're not getting more promised. We're just fucking out. Then you get the percentage of people that that happened to and are angry about it. Then you get the percentage left that's like, hey, you know what? We're just going to stick through this. We, we see what's here, we see the flaws, but we, we still enjoy it. We're, we're hoping for it to get better. And you kind of get stuck in this place where I think all three of those groups kind of want to hear different things. Some people are like, just put your head down and work on the game, fix it. Other people are like, we want to hear what the problem is. But what group just wants to hear what the problem is and what's being done to fix it, but isn't actually ever going to go back to play the game no matter what it is? Right. Like how many people went back to play No Man's Sky Beyond even after it was fixed? Two years is a long time. It is. Right. And it's at some point it's like it's an old game. Sure. It's new, like a new coat of paint. It's still an old game that that people put in how many hours? I I don't know, Tim. I kind of felt like one of the things that was successful about when No Man's Sky Beyond came out was that. Um, they, they 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 succeeded. How much how much they they pushed this? I don't know. But I feel like the media narrative that the media that what the websites and the publications rent with was like, <coughs> excuse me, that this is a whole new game now. Mm-hmm. Like you, they, they, they changed so much. This really is this is really the launch. This is the true launch of No Man's Sky, and that's exactly what Hello Games are going for. It's like you know we we better get a second chance at this. Not just some up, not just some update, not just some new look of paint. We've changed the game so fundamentally that you really should give this a second look. I did. I yeah. didn't play. I I was excited. I'm a perfect example of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't play the I, I was excited about it but I remember thinking really this this sounds a little bit Molyneux-esque this sounds a little bit like you're over promising and then when the game came out I checked the reviews yeah. sad sad trumpets mm-hmm. and I didn't play it but then when it came back I read the, I read the reviews of Beyond oh my god now it's what it should have been in the first place that's when I went and got it and played it yeah okay I mean that's great you know, I, again, I don't know if I'd have been. Bur- I, I don't know if I would have been inclined to come back if I'd have felt burned. Yeah. I missed it the first. If I'd have felt burned the first time, would I have gone back the second time? I don't know. But I missed it the first time, and I definitely went in on the second try. Yeah. And I think a lot of people probably did. Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting because at what point was that done just to you know please people so that when they make their next game, it's not a disaster going into it, right? You know, and at what point should it have just been like, hey, cut your losses and just work on the next game? I don't know, but. Either way, I feel like there isn't one answer for this, and it's the real answer is just don't make promises you can't keep. Don't over yeah, don't don't just make the game and like if you need to delay it, delay it. And this is and this has been a problem at E three for years now. Ubisoft have been uh, doing this for years. Um, uh, Mike over at Penny Arcade, I believe, or Jerry, one of them coined the term bullshot. For mm-hmm. when for when you see a screenshot that is clearly bullshit, it's like that's not what the fucking game is going to look like. We all Ubisoft have done this for years now. I don't know if you remember the first time that they showed the division mm-hmm. at E3. Go back and watch that video. 
that looks like a next gen title still now because it was bullshit. Yeah. And when the game actually came Remember out, the Killzone Two trailer. Oh my god! As, I mean, as good as as good as the games look when they come out, you can't help but compare compare them to what was promised. And the over promising ends up biting you in the ass. They did it with Anthem. Go back and look the video, the E three video for Anthem. The game still doesn't look even anything like that. Hmm. Why are you doing this to yourselves? The developers must be watching these E3 presentations going, what the fuck? We can't do, we can't do that. What are you telling these people? Yeah. We can't deliver that in the time that we have. We don't even know what the... We don't even know if you've got fucking rockets in the game yet. Are you flying or are you not? <laughs> we know all this through Jason Trier. Right? We don't even know what the fucking game is and you're promising all this shit. What are you doing to us? Well, we've seen the result. There you go. Stop it. Next news story. <laughs> There's some leaked model photos of Super Nintendo World. This, this comes I am from, excited about. This comes from Alicia Stella from OrlandoParkStop.com. Uh, Barry, can you please pull these up? Oh, so, my goodness. So here I had we a go. Dream, I had a dream last night that looked exactly like that. Yeah? Yeah, every oh. night. Oh, man. I can't wait to go to this with you, Barry. Barry, are you excited about this? Hell, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, let's all go. So, so Kind so, of funny Japan trip. Yeah, surely about that. premium content all about that premium now, content. Here's some some context for this. This is the Super Nintendo world that's going to be part of the Universal Studios theme parks. They're expanding out. It's going to be at Universal Studios Japan in 2020 to coincide with the Olympics in Japan. Um, it will be at Universal Studios Hollywood in 21, 2021 or 2022. Okay. Mm-hmm. Universal Studios Singapore by 2025. And Universal Orlando Resort around 2023 is what they're saying. All of them are going to get different variations of it. Um, it sounds like um, the Singapore and Orlando are going to be the most complete, yeah. um, getting getting the most. Yeah. Of it. So should we just wait until Orlando gets done? Because the Orlando version is usually the better version. If the Orlando one's only like a year a year behind, I mean, I feel like it would obviously be easier. To go to wait another year and go to Orlando, but it would be more epic to go to Japan. It's true. It's true. That is true. I'm down to do all of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like with Orlando stuff, it's like you usually get the more complete one in Florida. Because like Harry, I went to Harry Potter Land uh, here in California, and I was like, oh, that was fun and cute. Took us like 30 minutes to do everything, and then I was talking to my grandparents, and they were like, no, dude, the one in Florida is like where it's at. I mean, there's just well, more, that was. I mean, there's there's more with space. Harry Potter, that yeah. was the first one, right? They, they yeah. opened the Orlando one first. first. And then they opened the one in California. And you have and to remember, they, they just have, they just the have more space there. Like, yeah. Disney World is way bigger than Disneyland. It's so great. Yeah. So, I'm going to read a little bit of the story here. Uh, this morning, new photos were found that appear to show a model of one of the Super Nintendo World lands d- designed for Universal theme parks. The images, which were shared on social media by the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast, show the main courtyard areas for the Mushroom Kingdom as well as Donkey Kong Country. Oh, oh my god. god. I didn't see this one. Given Holy the, shit. Given the fact that Donkey Kong could be seen in this model, it's most certainly a model designed for the now canceled plans for the land in the Kid Zone area of Universal Studios Florida. Those plans were supposedly moved to Universal Orlando's new theme park being built a few miles south of the current property, tentatively named Fantastic Worlds. Uh, given what I have reported on in the past for Super Nintendo World and what other rumors have been floating around, there's absolutely no doubt that these images show an official model of the land. In fact, if you take away the Donkey Kong section, this model is nearly identical to what they're currently building in Universal Studios Japan. The model also lines up with officially released concept art for Japan and now Singapore as well. The promotional images and video feature many of the same landmarks and structures seen in the model. The model, of course, features many more fine details. Uh, for the main attraction, which has guests entering through a, a Bowser's castle, the sign merely says Mario Kart, which may very well be the official name for the technologically advanced dark ride attraction, or the sign may not say the entire name. 
We can also see the name of the land's main quick service location, Toadstool Cafe, located on the lower left. This restaurant looks like Toadstool's house. <laughs> there you go. So just from this, like looking at the picture here, you can see little Toad House there. That's where you get your food. Great, cool, awesome. Then you get Bowser's Castle, and in there is a dark ride of Mario Kart, and oh Fuck. my god. Yes. I'm so down for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That sounds awesome. From what everyone's talking about, it's kind of like an advanced version of like the Midway Mania Toy Story ride at Disneyland where you kind of oh, are interacting. It's going to be like all shit. neon, like, I mean, you know, kind of like, uh, lumin uh, like luminous shit and, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, black lights and all that kind of scary exactly. shit. Exactly. So you're going through, but you're actually like, in a cart, and there's like you're playing Mario Kart with Fuck. people around That's you. Awesome. Oh my god! Uh, which sounds amazing. Uh, the family Omni Mover ride appears to be named Yoshi's Adventure, which is a fitting name for a ride where you get to ride on the back of a Yoshi. A line of colorful Yoshis can even be seen in the main photo. Uh, this is the ride path for the Omni Omni Mover. So you can see there. Go to the next picture. Uh, this is the main one. Okay, yeah, are you, you talking about DK or no? no? No, no, go to the one more over to the left. Yeah, yeah, the big one. You can one. see the Yoshis there. Yeah. They're all doing their Yoshi thing, Yoshin around. Um, then in the third image of the model, we can see Donkey Kong Country. So before you go there, go down a little bit. You can see that warp pipe. This guy? Yeah. You go through the warp pipe, boom, you end up in Donkey Kong oh, Country. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, this is real life. I Holy can't believe shit, it. Guys. Um, in the third image, we see all of Donkey Kong Country, which guests would access through a warp pipe located under the Yoshi ride. In the model, we can see Funky Kong's plane, which is used as an outdoor gift shop. We can see Donkey Kong's treehouse, which is the backdrop for a meet and greet stage. Mm -hmm. So, Barrett, one day you're gonna get to meet and greet Donkey Kong. I need to like, I need to talk to Blessing, and we need to figure out like how to get ourselves here and just have us. Have us do a vlog of meeting Donkey Kong. You gotta love it. You gotta do it. You gotta. It'll be the, it'll be the greatest content you guys have ever done. Yeah. There are interactive characters along the main path as well, like Rambi the Rhino, and of course, there's the main roller coaster attraction, the Donkey Kong coaster called Minecart Madness. Oh Fuck. my god. <laughs> yes! It, it would be partially outside as well as feature inside scenes. We can see that the main entrance is a temple with the minecart jumping the track right at the top of the temple above an integrated waterfall feature. The land would clearly feature a tremendous amount of kinetic energy. This is crazy looking <laughs> but the real question is for this meet and greet area obviously we're gonna get donkey kong we might get diddy kong but are we gonna get lanky kong who knows i highly doubt lanky kong will be making any Fuck appearance you, Tim. Here. let me dream hey you can cosplay you can you just go in uh again we're still not entirely certain which nintendo super nintendo world lands will be getting the donkey kong minecart coaster while it was originally slated for the kid zone area uh which i'm pretty certain is where this model was constructed for there's still no telling if it will make it to the new theme park in orlando or not as far as japan and hollywood the two nintendo lands actually under construction right now and neither appear to be getting the donkey kong ride at least not at this time japan appears to be getting everything else we see in the model though um hollywood appears to at least be getting mario kart and some of the mushroom kingdom courtyard but will likely not be receiving the yoshi ride either <sighs> so you might have to so go yeah. to japan for the felix for the first time you're gonna have to go all over the place you know yeah clear i mean clearly if you want to experience everything you're gonna because it, it sounds like there's gonna be no one park that has everything you're gonna have to go on some kind of world tour if I have to, <laughs> if I have to. Anyway, very exciting stuff. I remember long ago on Gamescast when this was first announced, we we did a what we'd like to see from a Super Nintendo World thing, and we came up with a whole bunch of ridiculous rides. So go watch that for some stupid Tim, ass. Fun. This this news gives me gives me hope for the future of the human race. Thank you. It really does. Yeah. I, I, it's so exciting. I've, I've I've been saying. I mean, not it, it takes any great genius to come up with come up with this idea, but I've been saying for years. 
for years that they should do something like this. Why doesn't Nintendo have like a Mario theme park? Like, you, you, it's a license to print money. And there we go. And now it's finally Printing happening. Printing that money, man. I'm so Get excited. Get it, Miyamoto. I'm so you excited. You deserve it. Uh, next news story. This comes from Adam James at Joysticker. Stadia only supporting Pixel at launch. Google Stadia won't support very many mobile phones at launch. In fact, it will only support four, kind of. Uh, the kind of is that they're all variations of the same phone. The four phones that will be supported by Google Stadia at launch are Pixel 3, Pixel 3a, Pixel 3a XL, and the Pixel 3 XL. <laughs> there you go. Uh, additionally, any tablet that runs Chrome OS will also be supported. Um, I'm not too surprised by this. That is just the at launch. Greg had a note here. Uh, he says he asked about this at E3 and was told on the record that iOS devices won't be far behind. So I think it's just going to be the typical rollout plan. You know, normally when we see mobile games come out, sometimes with bigger release mobile games, I would say sometimes they, they're on one side first. A couple months later, usually any. I mean, I'm not that surprised. Usually, time any any time Google uh, introduces a new service. Google and Android products and devices are are supported first. Mm-hmm. Like it just, just makes sense. But yeah, you, you can't leave. I mean, there's too many I, I, iOS users out there to leave them out in the cold. You've got you got to you've got they've got to be invited. I, I mean, I've, I'm in on the founders level for Stadia. I I, I got the, the the starter pack. Mm-hmm. I'm in, but I'm an iPhone guy. So yeah. like I I you know you got to take care of my my people too. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that they will will soon enough. I also think that like they understand that the the launch process is gonna suck. There's going to yeah. be a lot of issues and they're going to have to like work through them. So I think that more focused, like the more control they can have over like the experience and being able to put out yeah. updates on every level. And I mean, Android users are used to suffering on a daily basis. So, I mean, you know, why not use them as guinea pigs for this as well? <laughs> Damn. I love that Andy and Kevin aren't here to talk shit. I can just hear Kevin though. Fucking pixel boys over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're How so, does it break down so in the kind of funny office I, iOS I think it's versus just Android? Andy and, and Kevin. Just Andy and Kevin that mm-hmm. are on Android? Mm-hmm. Peasants. <laughs> Someone uh, in the chat did ask at the beginning of the day, uh, at the beginning of the show, like, oh, won't Kevin be mad that we're talking about like Cuphead screencast news? It's like, you know what? He's not here to fucking defend it. So, yeah. Fuck it's on Kevin. Him. I've been saying it since day one. A uh, final news story of the day. Uh, Greg Miller put this one here with a note that says, this will be good for Gary. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. this will be good for Gary. Starting with Hello Kitty. Oh, no, sorry. Let me let me read the headline first. Hello Kitty comes to Animal Crossing po- Pocket Camp. Does that get you going? Are you I, a weird <laughs> Hello Kitty guy? Is there a, something I, mean, I, 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 I At least what? I was a, a hardcore for about a year. Pocket Camp was my obsession. I thought you were about to say, like, you're huge into Sanrio. No, no, no. I'm like, you know, but <laughs> you, 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 you just might, gets you going. I, I mean, look, I, I know a lot of, I, I know a lot of, I can tell you more about the Wild Kratts and, and PJ Masks and Paw Patrol and, and Pokemon and My Little Pony than I should ever, than a 46 year old man should ever know. Because I have mm-hmm. a seven year old daughter. That's what and she knows this shit and I, I inherit it all through osmosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been accused of being a brony. Because I know all about the ponies. When you've got kids, trust me, you just, you can't avoid it. You know about, but there's, there's yeah. no way to avoid this shit. Um, but strangely, Hello Who's Kitty is your favorite is, pony. Um, uh, Rarity. Yeah, because she's fancy. <laughs> Starting with Hello Kitty and Cinema Roll on July 11th, in-game items featuring popular Sanrio characters are coming to Nintendo's Animal Crossing Pocket Camp mobile game for a limited time. The free Animal Crossing Pocket Camp Sanrio Characters Collection event gives players the opportunity to obtain adorable in-game items like sofas, beds, hats, and dresses featuring various Sanrio characters. The free Animal Crossing Pocket Camp Sanrio Characters Collection event 
Jesus, guys. Jesus. That's what the you're going to step, step aside, Endgame. Yeah. The most ambitious crossover event of all time. Sanrio and Animal Crossing. It also makes a lot of sense. It does. Oh, yeah. Like I, good for them. It gives players the opportunity to do things that I already said. Um, the Animal Crossing Podcast Sanrio Characters Collection event will also see Sanrio characters featured in weeks of in-game rewards and events. A Hello Kitty bow special in-game gift will be given to all Animal Crossing Pocket Camp players from July 11th to July 22nd. Uh, Jesus Christ, these words. This is like when Greg has to read Pokemon things. You know what I mean? Yep. Just, I'm sure someone understands what a gyrodite scavenger hunt is. Do you want me to read the last part? I'll do it yeah, for you. Please uh, do. Okay, Greg. I'll take. I'll take it off please your hands. Because um, I actually like this. This actually might be. I give a shit about Hello Kitty, but I'm reading this. I'm like, maybe I should get back into Pocket Camp. Fortune cookies in the Sanrio characters craft collection will come packed with cute rewards. How can you say no to that? How shit? can you say no, man? Players can participate in Sanrio Characters Goals Number 1 for exciting rewards such as animal maps and fortune cookies. Items that feature Sanrio characters will be rolled out gradually with Items Collection 1 launching on July, July 11th featuring Hello Kitty and Cinema Roll. In late July, Collection 2 will feature Pom Pom Purin and My Melody. And in early August, Collection 3 will feature Little Twin Stars and Keropi. Keropi, baby. I remember Keropi. Keropi. He's the homie for sure. Labats no, no, Maru was I, always my dude. I, know nothing of anything you don't you yeah don't I, they, they completely passed me by no mm. well now you can learn barrett get your animal crossing pocket camp ready and get ready to san uh, rio yes you, you can't you can't keep me away tim uh, are you ready for the free animal crossing pocket camp san rio characters collection i want to bust open some of those fortune cookies <laughs> hell yeah dude i love fortune cookies they're so good you know i i, I got bored of fortune you remember when fortune cookies used to actually tell your fortune yeah they don't anymore. They just say things like, you are very handsome. It's or like, be nice to thank people. You. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. They don't really tell you your fortune anymore. You know something that I'll never think is not funny? What's that? Like mean fortune cookies. Like when people like <laughs> like prank fortune cookies. Oh, yeah. And they have like horrible things in yeah. them. Yeah. Because like, uh, I remember in Chinatown uh, in San Francisco, there's a place you can go and you can just get custom get, things made. Right, right, right. And it's just so funny. <laughs> like I just <laughs> love it so much. <laughs> um, all right. So or, the pocket camp's exciting, but it's very far away, Tim. It is. It is very far away. Gary, if I want to know what was coming to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? That would be the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Fuck you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very, very much for that. I was going to try to do something about fortunes being far away, but okay, I got all caught okay. up with it. Like, I, didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know where I was going. You know I, I, I mean? appreciate it, though. But we got I, there. We got there. Got Whichever there. way you get there, the ends justify the means. Out today, Dr. Mario World has been released a day early and is now available on iOS and Android. Uh, early word on the street. Is that people aren't liking it too See, much. See, when, when I first saw this on the list this morning, Tim, I said, oh, shit, that, I've got to go get it. But then you said, hold your horses. I saw it might Verge, not be good. I saw a Verge article that was saying that it's more Candy Crush uh -oh. than original Dr. Mario. I mean, I like a good match three game. Is that what it is? I think in they're talking more in terms of uh, micro oh, monetization, uh, bullshit ass time limits and all that stuff. See, I thought Nintendo would. I always thought Nintendo were better than that. I, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to check it out because mm -hmm. I want to see for myself what if it's if it's predatory or if it's you know kind of ah give me your money 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 because yeah. I mean I, I I always liked the way that um, they did it with uh, Mario Run. Mm -hmm. You get a free demo. You pay you pay ten bucks to unlock the whole game, and that's the last time that Nintendo will ever ask you for money. I think that's yeah. that's. I mean, you can I think you can definitely buy the electric bonuses. That, What's that? I think they learned to not do that model. Yeah, it just didn't work. Fire Emblem Heroes. I guess they, I get, but I always thought Nintendo. 
I don't know. I always like the fact that I, that I never thought them getting, like, and who knows if they are. If they haven't got involved in any of that, give me your money, money, money kind of bullshit, I will be disappointed. I'm going mean, to download it and check it out. You know, they've only released uh, Super Mario Brothers once, right? Right. Super Mario Brothers 3 once. Right. When they put out a new Pokemon game, there's only one version. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not money hungry. They don't yeah. find ways to, to double, triple, quadruple sales. Uh, bear with me. The complete collection coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. They are billions coming to PS4. Oh, here we go. Umahara Kawasa, Kawasi. Fresh. Fresh on Switch. Sen, Senran Kangua Peach Ball. <laughs> Peach Ball. The fuck? On Switch. Kaika, A Puzzle Adventure on PC. Sinners on PC. Adventures of Isabel Fine, Murder on Rails. Coming to PC. I might have to check that out. That looks good. <laughs> Master of the Forbidden Sea on PC. Old War 2 on PC. Hyperlight Ultimate on Switch. Call of Duty Black Ops 4's Operation Apocalypse Z DLC on PS4. Red Dead Online. This week, Red Dead Online players who compete complete a total of 10 daily challenges starting today and before July 16th will earn the new Explorer Care Package to help them across the frontier with useful items such as 60 poison arrows, 100 rounds of varmint cartridges, 5 tins of Jolly Jacks, and much more. What the fuck is Red Dead Online, yo? <laughs> what the shit was that? You don't want some Jolly Jacks? I want some good old varmint cartridges, you know what I'm saying? New dates. Uh, Telefrag coming to PSVR July 19th. Biotope Aquarium Simulator. Oh, I'm on it. I'm looking at it. Let's check it out. It's coming on coming to Steam on July 23rd. I get that the simulator games at this point are just kind of like, fuck it. Anything You know, anything I used to, goes. let me tell you something, Tim. I used to oh, keep tropical fish. Yeah? Yeah. When I was when I, when I was a kid, I used to I had, I had a, uh, kept a tropical fish tank, mm -hmm. uh, and I even kept piranha fish at one time. Wow! And um, did you ever stick your finger in? Just to well, see? we we had to feed it live goldfish. It was it was holy uh, shit. For, at, at first, it was oh how cool, but then eventually you would just like throw the fish in and fucking look the fuck away. Yeah, because it was not pretty. Really? Oh yeah. Um, see, is this so, it? This so is here's, here's my thing. Growing up as a as a young child, we had you know roller coaster tycoon. You know what I mean? Yeah. We we had, I mean, even The Sims, we had Sim City, we had all this stuff. It's like, of course a kid wants to make a roller coaster that can toss people off and right. see if they die. Right. Of course you can. You want to make The Sims and not give them a bathroom and see what happens. Like, there's fun to this. No kid liked the simulation part of taking care of their fish. No, though, that, was the, that was the part. They're literally using Pac-Bell's keeping, keeping music. Keeping tropical fish is no joke. Keeping the waters clean, the pH and alkaline levels and all that kind of shit. Giving them the right kind of food. The temperature has to be just right. It's really, it's not easy to keep tropical fish. I understand. And, and so, so but, but, but some people really, some people really enjoy that. I, 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 actually, I, I actually think this could be good for a certain kind of gamer. I think this could be really fun. You know, you got again, you, you got you got to take care of the fish. You want a thriving fish tank. This could be like a relaxing, chill kind of game, but with but with deep simulation. I actually, I, I actually, I actually think this could be good. Items. I understand it's not your cup of tea, Tim, because it's not extreme. Yeah, but, I you guess know. you're right. I guess you're right. I need I need something a little bit more. Extreme. You need extreme aquarium simulator. <laughs> yes. God, come back to me then. Let me know what's going on. Next up, we got what gravity. if you could build? What if you could build a roller coaster for the fish? See, that would be dope. And it's fucking flood flinging fish out of the tank. This guy has the good ideas. Gravity Ghost Deluxe Edition coming to PS4 on August 6th. Uh, and some deals of the day. We got a real good one for you today from Reclusive Dragon. This is a deal of the day. Domino's Australia has a deal for $59.95 for Final Fantasy XIV Complete Edition, three large pizzas, a garlic bread, and a 1.25 liter drink. Holy fuck! That's, That's awesome. the same price of the game, and it's delivered. 
I'm having a they pizza deliver party. The, they deliver the whole fucking thing Get to you. The, the game, game and the pizzas. And the pizzas. Garlic <laughs> bread and a soda. Holy God. shit, that's your fucking weekend taken Woo. care of right there. Oh, you gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. That is a sick deal. Why don't I, we have that in the US? I don't this know. is supposed to be the greatest country in the world, Tim. <sighs> what the fuck is going Australia. on? Australia. Now it's Australia. Yeah. Yeah, damn. If you want a MAGA, if you're serious about MAGA, this is how you fucking this is do how it. How you do it? This is how you do it with this Domino's deal. Uh, Get that figure. shit over here, Domino's. Yeah, let's or figure. someone else will do it. Yes, and it'll be Gary. Gary Woodha. I'll do it. Making America great again, one pizza at a time. That's right. Oh man, it's time for some reader mail. Uh, before we get to the reader mail, let me tell you that you can write into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games where you can get the show ad free. Um, let's write in your questions. But speaking of ads, this episode is brought to you by Hims. You've heard us talking about hymns and how they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35. And once you notice thinning hair, it can be too late. Tell me Luckily, about it. Luckily, Andy and Nick, they figured it out. And they've been using hymns for years. Uh, thanks to science, baldness can be optional. The solution is for hymns.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Hymns is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. Nick Scarpino is looking better than he ever has, and I would credit his hair Almost fully. That's, that might be why I had that dream when uh, when me and Barrett were frolicking on the couch, tickling each other because Dick's mm-hmm. been looking so good. Mm-hmm. That psycho- psycho- psychologically, you're could have leached into my Nick. brain. You're yeah. thinking about the Nick yeah. hair. Yeah. Uh, Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. Forums connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. Uh, completely confidential and discreet, all great things. Uh, you can get it now. Listeners can get started with the Hims complete. Hair kit for just five dollars today, right now, while supplies last and subject to doctor's approval. You can see the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. Go to forhims.com slash games daily. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash games daily. Forhims.com slash games daily. Now, time to talk about reader mail. But before we do that, I just want to let everybody know. Sometimes I get really awkward right before or after the ad read, and I just sound like I'm saying a lot of words. It's because there's a thing where we're not supposed to use swear words 20 seconds before or after. Oh, did I? You should tell me that as well, though. I didn't know that. It's fine. It's fine. You know? So I'm just like, I'm always like extra cautious where I'm like, like trying to prolong it. How do we get away from the shit that was just said? I I can say that now because I think it was like 20 seconds. You know Uh, what I mean? It was about, it was about. Let's get into the reader mail. The 2038 Pokemon CEO once again writes in, when is the correct time to announce a video game? We have Square Enix, who announces before the director even knows what's going on. Uh, then you have your Rocksteady, who's quite literally a rock and not moving. Uh, announcing too early leads to fans complaining and wondering what's taking so long. Announcing too late leads to constant leaks and hype rising to unrealistic standards. But a shorter announcement to release time. Announcing too early stops leaks, but makes us wonder why you should have waited. In the case of Final Fantasy VII Remake, it stops all talks of us wanting a remake like how we bugged Square for years. What do you think, Gary? Um, I would err on the side of announcing later. I, I understand announcing too early leads to fans complaining and wonder what seconds are long. I get that. Kind of not dissimilar to what we were talking about earlier with No Man's Sky and you know hype and too many E3s. The, other, the second part, that announcing too late leads to constant leaks and hype. Writing to, I mean, I can understand that, again, the longer you're trying to keep something secret, 
you know, the harder it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I, I guess I see both sides of it. If I had to err on one side or the other, I'd, I'd go later than earlier. Yeah, because it is very rare that we we get a game announcement uh, where, let's say, it gets announced at E3 and then it comes out months after that where we didn't know about it already. Right. You know, like we famously talk about Fallout 4 being this like, that's how you release a game. Announce at E3, put it out in November. But it's like, we all knew about Fallout 4. We all knew it was going to be announced at E3. Like, that wasn't a surprise, you know? Um, like, the game was still happening. And that game leaked more than I think any game has ever leaked besides maybe the Assassin's Creed games of all time, right? I personally think that every developer has their library of content, right? And I think that you kind of need to have different levels. There needs to be the games that are the, the imminent, we make the announcement, it's coming soon. But I also like everyone kind of having the, the big tentpole games that are like, we're building to it. The Death Strandings, Final Fantasy VII Remix, Metroid Prime. You know, it's like, I like the idea that, yeah, we're gonna, we know what we're getting kind of month to month uh, over the next year, but I like looking forward to these bigger, bigger releases um, to, to kind of like have something exciting to look forward to at the next convention that like we'll have that question of like, oh, are we going to see more of it? Are we not? Like just I think that, that, that it's fun and not all games need to be this. Here's announced. Now it's out because I feel like that at some point turns into this um, culture that we're seeing now with um, music kind of feeling disposable. You know, it's like when we back in the day, albums mattered. Now it's just single, 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 single and spend that way for so long. Musicians put out uh, a new EP. And people stop listening to it a month later asking for the next thing. Don't you like it, though, when they do those surprise drops, like Beyonce Absolutely. drops Lemonade with no warning? Or That's Remember great. it was a big deal after? I mean, the, the, the movie ended up being disappointed, but after the Super Bowl, they did that Super Bowl ad Netflix for that Cloverfield movie, yep. and it's going to oh, get yeah. available right mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. Made you want to check it out right away. And that's my thing is I just, I like the breadth of it. I like getting that, but then also getting the things where it's like, oh, this is going to happen eventually. Um, but... I don't know. It's just hard. I just don't want to see video games get to a point where it just feels disposable, where it's always on to the next thing immediately. Right. Like, I like the idea that we're waiting for something so that when we get it, and if it's good at the end of the day, like Death Stranding is going to be a perfect example of there's so much hype and there's been so much time that it's either going to be fucking great or it's going to be seen as a massive disappointment. Like, I don't think there's room for in between with that. Right. But that's what you get going into there when you announce games that way. I would like to see a little bit more, a little few more, like taking that the idea from music and from movies, the surprise album drop. You know, mm-hmm. like, 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 let's say, let me talk, like, completely theoretically, let's say that Cuphead 2 yeah. was announced. There was a big news today on it. Not, not only are we announcing Cuphead 2, it's out today. And I'd be like, what the shit? Yeah. Like, that would be great. I wouldn't want to see that all the time. But every now and again, I feel like that would just keep, keep us on our toes, keep the industry a little bit more, you know, a little bit more, you know, you never quite know what's around the corner. Yeah. I like I that. Mean, I totally agree with that. I do. Feel, I mean, we've seen that before and it's not so much been with like, I don't think we've seen too many examples of success of that. Uh, financially right, for right. people. Uh, PT, the demo that came out from Konami, they did that, and that was awesome. Like That was such a moment where they owned conversation for a month because of that drop. But then you see a lot of games, like I don't think that, I think we don't see too many, like, and this game's out today, announcements anymore at uh, these E3s and uh, Gamescoms and things like that because there's it gets caught up in the shuffle. You know, you need, games aren't, games take way longer to make than music does or movies do, things like that. So it's like, you can't just... Put it out without the marketing and hype going into it. I hear you. Next question. This comes from Fendi. Fendi says, what's up, Tim and Gary? Since yesterday was hashtag National Video Game Day. 
I'd like to know what are the three games each that influ influenced you guys the most and made you want to work in the video game sphere. Thanks for everything you guys do, and have a great day. What, what are you all three? Games that influenced... I don't know that there was necessarily a game that influenced me to want to work in video games directly. Like It's more of like, I just love video games, and it's like, well, I guess I want to do this. Games that influenced me in my life the most, the first one to come to mind would have to be Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Because I, okay. I feel like... Skate better. Skate better, but no, I feel like just uh, and we've talked before about the soundtracks and stuff like that. Yeah, that game introduced me to like a, a vibe that I really liked, like the the urban the aesthetic, culture. the kind the, the culture of like underground hip hop and, and things was that like was that. that your scene when you were a kid? Were you yeah, into that definitely. shit? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could you not be into that shit if you like were growing up in the nineties? Like that right. was kind of like Tony Hawk landed in nine hundred, and you're like, whoa, dude, right, right, that's fucking cool. Were you watching a lot of MTV in the nineties? That shit? Oh yeah. What were you watching? Oh everything, dude. Real world? You kidding me? All that stuff. You loved all Real, that shit. World, yeah, world Road Rules. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I was all about that. Yeah. The Miz. Cribs. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. True Life. TRL in general. Yeah, I was all over that stuff. But anyway, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I, I give a shout out to that. I'd probably give a shout out to Smash Brothers Melee in particular mm -hmm. because that it was such a Nintendo museum of history. So kind of coming in 2001, there was a lot of games I'd never heard of. Like back then, I didn't know Captain Falcon, what the fuck he was from, or Ness being from Earthbound, or definitely not Marth and Roy from Fire Emblem. Like that game kind of uh, influenced me to want to go back and play all these games from Nintendo's history that weren't Mario or Zelda or Metroid. You know? So you wanted to get involved in the games industry was more like of a cumulative thing. It wasn't about one one or two games in particular. Yeah, like I I don't I don't think I when I was really little, like a dumbass kid, like I was like, I want to make video games, but like that was just because I was in third grade reading EGM and like I was the same, and it felt like oh that's what that sounds cooler than anything else, and like you see all the ads for like yep. colleges, or you could be a game designer. I'm not gonna be a game designer. Fucking look at me. Um, but at some point, when I like had more realistic thoughts, I, I always wanted to do video. So it's like right. third things that influenced me to want to do video, like Jackass, comes to mind. Right. It's not a video game, but then at some point, it's like, what do I want to make videos about? Oh, I love video games. Cool, that works. And now look at you. And now look at me. I make videos about video games. Holy shit! I made Were your it parents supportive uh, of you being 100%. into games and wanting to make a career out of All video the games? Time. I mean, it, it's funny. To bring that up because like they were so supportive of my dumbass bullshit like i invented let's plays i don't know if i told you this gary winner but um, <laughs> back in the day i used to play uh, tom and jerry on the super nintendo okay and um i had the brilliant idea to play and put a, a vhs in the vcr and record it okay so that i could watch my gameplay back all right why would i want to do that i don't fucking know but well, I why did does it. anybody do it today you know Man, we it, don't know exactly but i did that shit so yeah, stay tuned for some hot Tom and Jerry streams <laughs> at some point. Holy shit, I never knew that you. I'm sitting here with the inventor of Let's Plays. It's fucking badass. Hey man, Gray needs to That's add cool. that to his repertoire of his introduction. Shout to out now to that now, game. Now, that, now, that, you, now that you're over 30, you got to add something else to your, to your, exactly. to your bio. Inventor of Let's Plays. <laughs> Damn. What games influenced you? Um, I was thinking about it. So I, you know, I grew up through a different kind of path that you guys did. I, I talked about this on the show before. Instead of like NES and and uh, you know uh, Sega and stuff like that. We had the Commodore sixty four on the Spectrum, and for me, I would say I'm going to cheat a little bit, but I would say definitely um, the one that I always remember. Um, and I've been waiting to play this on my stream. I want to introduce my followers to it because it's one of my all time favorite games of all time. You'll I'd be amazed if you've heard of it. It's a game called Paradroid. And it no. was uh, came out on the Commodore 64 in 1985. And it was this Bar brilliant... 
Are you going to try and pull it? Yeah. Okay. What's it called again? Paradroid. P-A-R-I. P-A-R-I. Like paranoid, but with a droid. All right. <laughs> it's not going to... It doesn't look like... I mean, it's a Commodore 64 game from 1985, so it's not going to look like anything. Um, but it was a brilliantly designed game. I was actually involved recently uh, in an attempt to... Uh, yeah, that's it. In an attempt to, to remake it. And you play this... You play this little... Um, you play this little uh, this little droid, that thing up there, the, the, the little uh, robot there that says 001 on it. And basically, this is a big... Everything you're seeing here, this is a big spaceship. Uh-huh. And the droids have all gone rogue, like they've all gone haywire. And they're a danger to the ship now. And you go on board the ship as this little, what's called an influence device, and your objective is to take over other... You play this little mini-game to try and short-circuit the droids and take them over. And you start as a 001 with like almost no power, but you can basically uh, hijack and become more powerful droids if you can take them over. And you get better guns, better, better weapons. You essentially get to inhabit the body of the more powerful droid for a short period of time. And you, do, you play that little transfer again. So now he's a 740... The 001 just became a 742. So it's faster, more agile, got more better armor, better weapons. And, you, and, and your objective of the game is basically to wipe out all the other droids and you can do that either by destroying them or taking them over in a transfer game and it's brilliantly designed I really really wish they would do a like I said we tried to remake it a, a year or two ago uh, it's really really great I'm going to be playing it on my stream soon yeah. that game probably more than any other got me into video games that is incredible I, I don't I'll never understand when you look at some of these old games like I even remember a lot of NES games being yeah. young playing yeah. them and just being this like this would have worked great on NES but like how the fuck did we understand what to do Right. You know what I mean? It's well, like you, had a, was, you had a little, uh, when, you, when you took the cassette manual, tape out, you had a little instruction book. It, would, it yeah. would kind of be like, oh, yeah, but like whatever you just explained, yeah, there's the droids and the this and the that. And then you look at that and you're just like, this is a bunch of colors that should not be next to each other <laughs> and lines, you know? Like fucking, hey, can you Google uh, Tom and Jerry on Super Nintendo? Let's show them yeah. a real game. Okay, this is this is your paradigm. Okay. <laughs> And then Tim, I was going to say, just in general, I would say all the old Infocom games oh my God. really got Infocom? me Infocom? You never played the Infocom no. adventure games? The text Baron no, knows what I'm no, talking no. about. No, uh, I just saw a, a screen of Tom and Jerry. And oh, you saw something else? Okay. Flashback. Yeah, yeah, get in there. Is this right, it, Tim? On, on. This is it? Yep. This is definitely it, dude. Is this a game that you went to the store and you saw Tom and Jerry and you were like, I, I got to get this game? No, this was a game. So I, I've said this many times. Like, I'm lucky to, to grow up when I did. I was born in 1989. So uh, by the time I was a video game God, playing. You were, you were born the year after I started working professionally in video games. There you go. I was prof- I was reviewing and professionally playing video games before you were born. I love you that. young whippersnapper. I, lo- I love it's that. It's amazing. Now look at you. Now you. Now, now, we, and now no, you've surpassed me. I'm 30 years now old. Now you're Tim Gettys. I'm Tim fucking Gettys, bitch. Tim fucking Gettys. So, but the thing that I'm lucky for is that like growing, being born in 1989 meant that by the time I was like five, it's mid 90s, which means that all. The Mario Brothers games had already come out. Right. You know what I mean? We already gotten some. Link's Awakening was there for me. Super Mario World. So it's like we'd go to garage sales and just get like 30 games at a time. And it was just, I just got to play everything at once. So it's like this was just one of the. the oh, classics. so this is like you picked this up like as a as a cheap used cartridge? It was, yeah. Like literally, we would get like Kevin's mom would take us to garage sales and we would just get cartridges by the like. Just cartload, right, right, right. You would <laughs> go like you literally go to, thirty games at a time. You go like, like flea, you go like flea markets yeah. and things like that. Okay, and so this was a, a definitely a come up. Um, is this thing, is this game any good? You know what? No, it's not. <laughs> but, but bring this up. Bring this up. There's a there's a plot going on. Here. Where's Tom? With he's trying to fuck you up. You know okay. what I mean? Tom's Tom's always just getting in your way. Um, but you're you're right now. So you were what? What? Go back a second. Like scroll back. Uh, scroll back. So you, right now he's in a, a camera. Like he's in a film camera going. I don't remember why, but scroll forward a little bit more. Uh, like over here. Uh, 
A little more? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're in the theater. The first level, you're outside of the theater. You're kind of breaking in and you go in the camera. And then now you're just like, I love this little like weird skateboard thing that physics don't make sense. But yeah. And then at some point you end up in a junkyard, whatever. I want to show you something that might interest you. Uh, um, um, Barrett, can you go to a channel on YouTube called GameSack? All right. Last one though. Yeah. Just the last one. I know we're asking you to pull a lot of stuff today. Sorry. Go to GameSack and pull out the most recent video. It should be called Unreleased Games 3. And then the very, one, of the very, one of the very first ones... Yeah, right there. So this was, this was an episode that they did recently. I, I, like, I like this channel, GameSack. They kind of pick out like really yeah. obscure games. And uh, just scrub forward a little bit. All right, hold on. I think it's the, I think it's the first... You went back. All right, scrub forward. Okay, right there, right there. Oh, this shit. was an unreleased... Tom and Jerry game for the Super Whoa. Nintendo that they had an early, they found an early build of. This never came out. But this, this was, was for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, this was for the Super Nintendo. Wow. Never Jesus. released. This is this is like a work in progress oh build that they got a ROM for. Wow. That's actually just a cartoon. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that Damn. good. So yeah, I thought I, learned, I, I have to see that the other day. Today. Yeah, you know some uh, some history there. Some yeah. history, including who invented Let's Plays. Um, now it's time for you're wrong. Actually, no, first it's time for Squad Up. Uh, Steven Kerbal, his PSN name is Steven651, S-T-E-V-E-N 651. He says, my 23rd birthday was the other day, and it kind of helped me realize that I don't have too many friends and none that play games. So I figured I'd try to fix that. I've been a kind of funny best friend for years now, but haven't really interacted with the community outside of the New York meetup. So I think it's time to change that. I'm from the New York area, play a little of everything, and I'm down to chat with anyone, so hit me up. Hit up Steven 651. I'm, I'm going to do it right now. Hell yeah. Literally right now on the PlayStation app. S-T-E-V-E-N. Oh, it's going to make me sign in. Fuck you. I'm going to do it later. But I'm, I'm gonna, I'm... <laughs> bullshit. Why do they make things so difficult? I, I want to sign man. in right it's now. Some bullshit. Should already be signed in. No, it's not you wrong. Let's see what we got wrong. Um, seeing that it's me and you, Gary, I don't think we got anything. No, we wrong. don't get anything wrong. <laughs> but Game Jumper X says, uh, "No Man's Sky took about one year to start giving amazing updates, not two years. The first big update was called Next. The new update that's coming right. this summer is called Beyond. Okay, so Beyond. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now that's right. Yeah, I love No Man's Sky at launch because I listened to Greg and Kevin to know what to actually expect, and I have been back for the big updates. Looking forward to Beyond. Technically, it was you that got that wrong, not me. Yeah, just yeah, saying. You're right. Just, just if, we're, if we're like going tit for if tat we're point here. scoring here. Um, what else you got? A lot of bullshit. If I'm being honest, stop mm. sending that bullshit. You know, yeah. nothing good. Come on, be up. Come Let's on, best see. friends. Try harder. Send in some good shit. Skate better. Busting their ass over here. Uh, Fendi has a deal of the day. PlayStation Retro sale going on right now. Titles include Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and Hitman HD remake. Okay. Um. And that's it. There you go. And that's, that's, a, it. that's a show. There it is. That is a show. It's a full lid. A damn good show. If I it was a good I one. Say so myself. Yeah. Um, who is going to be hosting the rest of the week? Let's see. Next up tomorrow, we have Greg and Andrea Renee. That's going to be a fun one. Um, and then Thursday, we have Greg and Andrea Renee, a double feature. Event. Wow. And then Friday, we have me and Greg. So that'll be fun. How come you're not here for Widow Wednesday? I got to work tomorrow. Greg, Greg originally uh, contacted me yesterday mm-hmm. and said, can you do, because I guess he, he, wasn't, he wasn't around today. He said, could you do tomorrow? Could you do Tuesday and Wednesday? 
And I said, sure, you know, let's try to accommodate Greg. And then he starts shooting his mouth off on Twitter about how, how he owns me yeah. because I, I accommodate him when he comes crawling to me for favors. Yeah. Uh, but then it turned out that I have to work on Wednesday. But so that was good. I'm doing today. So I don't have to. I, sometimes when I work on Wednesday, I have to, or if I'm out of town, I skip a week. Mm-hmm. But instead, you just get me a day early this week. I'm yeah. doing today instead the of The Twitch tomorrow. Superstar Tuesday fits you guys. Twitch, twi- Twitcher Tuesday. Maybe that's what Twitch we'll call Tuesday, it now. Twitcher man. Tuesday. I love it. Yeah. Until next time. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, whoa, whoa. Book oh. of Eli live commentary stream tonight. Twitch.tv slash Gary Witter. 6 p.m. P- uh, uh, Pacific. Mm-hmm. 9 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. Hope to see you there. What time is it in your made up London times? Oh, it'll be, oh, it'll be around 2 o'clock in the morning. Some GMT. But if, you, if, if, for what, if, if because of time reasons you can't catch it, the whole thing will be archived on Twitch. I'll upload it to YouTube as well. But the best, you'll obviously get the best experience live because I'll be there to answer your questions. Shit like that. Mm-hmm. Go check that out. And until then, I love you.